morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our continued study, our continued series on Elijah. Before we get to that, came across this story. It's about a man, unfortunately, who had a checkup, a physical doctor checkup, went in to see his doctor to get the results. The doctor said he had bad news and worse news for him. Which one did you want to hear first? Now, we're typically, we, we hear about good news and bad news. Which one do you want to hear first? This doctor, unfortunately, had bad news and worse news. The man was kind of shocked, and he said, well, I guess I'll take the bad news first. His doctor said, the bad news, unfortunately, is because of the physical condition, you have only 24 hours to live. The man jumps up. He is distraught. He says, I can't believe this. What could possibly be worse than this? You said bad and worse. What could possibly be worse? The doctor replied and apologized. He said, the worst news is I was supposed to tell you yesterday. Now, we might not have a situation quite like that. Hopefully, we don't have something quite so severe and physical, but chances are, as we began this series looking at the prophet Elijah, and chances are, last week, as we began looking at this concept of despair, discouragement, being down, chances are we've all faced or experienced something like that. So last week, we began looking at this, this topic, and we we're looking at 1 Kings chapter 19, and we saw that discouraging, difficult times happen to all of us. And, and we're looking at the prophet Elijah here, and we see, much like him, many things happen that kind of put us in that spectrum of despair. Now, you, you might call it different things. Some people, maybe it just seems kind of mild, and they just say, I just feel blah. Other people call it the blues. I just, I feel like I'm in the blues. Other people, they feel overwhelmed. They feel empty. Some might talk about it. It's just disappointment, discouragement. Based on things that are taking place, based on things that they are facing, they are discouraged. Others might, might describe it a little bit stronger and say, I just feel like I'm in the, the pit of despair. Some even to the point of saying, I'm in depression. So we see all of these things, kind of this, this spectrum or cycle, if you would, of despair. And what we saw last week, this wasn't an all-inclusive list, but we saw Elijah face quite a bit that many times you and I face that lead us to despair. So we'll just kind of very quickly uh, repeat and uh, refresh your memory on that. It'll be on the screen. But sources of despair. We looked at a, a bunch of them. Victory. It's one you say, wow, why is victory something? And what we saw was many times after a victory, the enemy does not like the fact that we've got victory in the Lord and will come maybe even harder. And so after this, these incredible victories and the mountaintop, that, that Mount Carmel showdown with the false prophets of Baal, all of those mighty things that God had done through him right after this victory is 1 Kings chapter 19 in the pit of despair. We see conflict. Certainly there was conflict. The opening verses of chapter 19, it was not specifically with King Ahab, but more so with his wife. King Ahab shared with Queen Jezebel 
all that God had done through Elijah and about all these false prophets that had been put to death. Queen Jezebel said, basically, putting a hit out on Elijah, I'm going to make sure that you are like one of them. So there's this conflict, and, and many times we see relational conflict leads us into disappointment, discouragement, despair. Thirdly, fear. Scripture says that he was fearful and ran. In spite of all the things that God had done through him, this was something that shook him to fear. Many times you and I get fearful in things. Number four, isolation. As he was running, as he was heading away from Queen Jezebel, Scripture says that he left his servant behind. He left the servant here, and he went by himself. Many times, as we mentioned last week, in the midst of disappointment, discouragement, despair, anywhere that we might be on that cycle, sometimes for us, we kind of get alone and, and kind of hold ourselves up by ourselves. Isolation. Number five, exhaustion. He was worn out. We recounted all the things that we've seen so far in this study. God took care of him by ravens and food and water, sent him to the widow who had hardly anything and, and, and allowed that little bit of flour and oil to continue to, to bless and provide. The widow's son died. God raised him back to life through Elijah. Then the showdown on Mount Carmel. Then, uh, you know, fire that was called down from heaven, rain that was called down from heaven, and then the supernatural touches God allowed Elijah to outrun the chariot. All these things we've looked at, in the midst of it, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual exhaustion. I mean, can you imagine all the intensity of battling these false prophets spiritually? He's exhausted. And then six and seven kind of tying together, comparison and self-pity. He's calling out to God. He's saying, God, I... I I'm certainly not, not like one of these ancestors. And he's basically self-pity. He's saying, woe is me. I'm the only one left, God. Nobody's serving you like I'm serving you. There's a variety of these things that many times can impact you and impact me. Are there others? Certainly. But here's a whole bunch that we've seen in Elijah. We didn't end in despair. We ended briefly with a, a handful of truths we said God knows, God understands, and God cares. But I promised we would revisit this passage again and, and uh, inspect some more of these verses that we didn't get to last week. Because how many of you know that God has a solution? God has the prescription. God is able to help you and I overcome and whatever words you want to put in, overcome the blah, overcome the blues, overcome despair, overcome discouragement. Whatever it is, however you would describe that situation that you are facing, God is able to help us to overcome and to defeat it. So we're going to take a look at some of the things that God helped Elijah through. And there are things that you and I can do with God's help. He'll enable us to defeat despair. Number one. It might not be the first thing that comes to mind. It's probably not the first thing that comes to mind. It's called refresh the, the physical. What does that mean? We've got to take care of our bodies. It's interesting here. Verse 5 and following, then Elijah lay down under the bush. Remember, last week he'd, he'd found this broom bush. 
He was mad. He was angry. He was frustrated. He was exhausted. And he lays down under this tree. Verse 5 says, he lay down and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. This is amazing. The the blessing of God, the provision of God. God fed him for months, probably a year or more through ravens. Now God sends an angel and he doesn't have dry, crusty bread. He's got fresh bread baked over hot coals and water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights. Are you catching what happened here? He slept, he ate, he drank. The angel came back again. He slept, he ate, he drank, and went out and traveled for 40 days and nights. It's interesting God didn't come to Elijah, slap him around and say, hey, snap out of it. God recognized it. He was exhausted. He needed some rest and refreshment. He had to take care of his body. Understand, what we do physically affects us spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Now, maybe you've been there before and Because of work or because of hobbies or because of this or because of that, you are just going, 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 going. Maybe not sleeping. Maybe not eating. Maybe not exercising. Maybe not doing some of these things that we know should be done to take care of our body. And you feel burnt out, worn out, exhausted. Different people have said it, but sometimes the most Spiritual thing you can do is take a nap, eat a meal, go for a walk, go to the gym. We know that there's things that we've got to take care of our body, but sometimes because of that that cycle or that phase of life or whatever, we skip all of these things. Let there be a balance. Understand, if we do one of these things to the nth degree and forget about the others, we'll probably end up back in exhaustion. We can say, well, I'm just going to sleep and sleep and sleep and sleep. Listen, sleep is good, but if we sleep our day away and don't do anything, we're not really getting back and overcoming that despair that sleep and sleep and sleep keeps us in despair. So there's going to be a balanced sleep with the others. Oh, he said, okay, well, I don't have a problem with that, so I'm just going to eat. So I'll eat and eat and eat and eat, and we, we can grab that little, little scoop of ice cream, which becomes more, which becomes more, and we kind of skip maybe our sleeping and our exercise, and we focus on the eating. Let's be cautious when we are eating, eating regularly, maybe eating balanced, things that our body needs. Same thing with exercise. We can get get so focused, I'm going to exercise and work out and do this and do this. But if we're not eating carefully and healthy and regularly, mixed with some good sleep, all of these things have got to be in balance. And and based on what we've seen, this, this schedule that God had called him to, the challenges that Elijah had faced, he'd been worn out and exhausted. God simply said, sleep. 
Then get up. Here, have some food and something to drink. That's all right. Go back to sleep. Get up. Have some more food and drink. All right. Now you're rested. Now you're refreshed. And on the strength of that and God's touch, you went out and went 40 days and nights. We'd love to have a meal like that, right? A super energy type thing. But refresh the physical. Take care of our bodies with proper rest and sleep and food and exercise, things that would help us to be well-rounded. Sometimes that means, you know, making some decisions to, to slow down the pace a little bit, take that healthier approach. But it's amazing, once we start taking care of our bodies physically, it's a, a little bit to kind of start helping us out emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Our physical connects to the other things. So one of the very first things is he simply was helping him to take care of his physical body. Refresh the physical. Number two, how do we overcome and defeat despair? Simple. Return to God. He said, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. He traveled 40 days to get to Horeb, also called Mount Sinai. You'll, you'll, you'll find in a number of different books, it'll refer to it as Horeb. Other books refer to it as Mount Sinai. The scholars will look to that and say that it's referring to that same place. Sinai, Mount Horeb, some pretty powerful things happened there, and some people met with God there. Exodus chapter 3, it's where Moses experienced the burning bush. A powerful encounter as he met up with God. Exodus chapter 17, it's where God brought water from a rock. Pretty amazing stuff. Exodus chapter 20, giving of the Ten Commandments through Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai was this place he knew, man, Moses had connected with God, so he was going to return and get back to God. As you see through chapter 19, he gets back to that mountain. He ends up going into a cave. You don't think he passed a cave in those 40 days and nights? He was heading to that place, looking to connect with and return to God. And sometimes there's great value in you and I kind of connecting with or revisiting some of those places or opportunities or experiences where we've met and connected with God. But closely tied in with returning to God, it wasn't just going to the mountain because of the mountain. It was going to the mountain because of God. That's what it represented. So number three, what did he do and what did God help him do? He needed to rediscover God's voice. This is powerful. He went into a cave. He spent the night, verse 9. The word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing? He ends up saying this twice to Elijah. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went and stood at the mouth of the cave. 
That whisper, that, that voice of God, rediscovering his voice. We mentioned in, in previous messages as we've been looking at this, that the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and we talked about hearing what God says and doing what God says. And when that happens, we'll see what God does. That was one from a number of, year, a number of weeks ago. But somehow in here, he seemed to have gotten away from the voice of God. Whose voice was he really hearing? Man, he was, he was listening to and hearing the voice of Jezebel. I guarantee I'm going to make you like one of those prophets. And here he returns to God and looks to rediscover God's voice. And that gentle whisper, it's the reminder that God's saying, I'm still in control. I'm still in control of situations and circumstances that you face. Maybe we've got to remove some of the noise, remove some of the clutter to more clearly connect to and rediscover God. Sometimes it's hard to hear. It's not that God's not speaking. We just many times struggle to hear him because his still small voice is competing with all of our loud, splashy other options. We've got to rediscover that voice. Sometimes... Sometimes on occasion, God speaks in fireworks. But what did he have here? The wind, the earthquake, the fire? That wasn't where he was in. It was that still, small voice. We've got to connect with God, rediscover God, and be cautious enough and still enough to listen. It's a young man who had lost his job. He didn't know which way to turn. So he went to see an old preacher man. Pacing about in the preacher's office, the young man ranted and raved about all of his problems. Finally, he clenched his fists and he, he shouted, I've begged God to say something to help me. Tell me, preacher, tell me why God doesn't answer. The old preacher who sat across the room spoke something in, in reply, but it was so hushed, it was indistinguishable. So the young man stepped closer. He said, what did you say? The preacher repeated himself, but again, in that tone, soft as a whisper. So the young man moved closer and closer until he was literally leaning on the preacher's chair. He said, sorry, preacher, I still didn't hear you. And with their heads next to one another, the old preacher whispered once more, God sometimes whispers, he said. So we will move closer to hear him. This time the young man heard and understood. We say, God, I don't, I don't understand. You're not speaking. Chances are good he's speaking. We've, now, we've just not tuned in. We've not focused in. We've not cut out the clutter and the distraction that we can clearly hear or maybe get close enough to hear his voice. I mean, God sent the wind and the earthquake and the fire, but it was the still small voice that he was getting Elijah's attention with. Let's get closer to him. Many practical ways we can do that. It's faithful attendance and a church opportunity of hearing God's word proclaimed and preached and taught. Worshiping of God. Prayer time with God. Time in God's Word. All of those things are helping us to connect with and rediscover that voice. God desires to speak. He desires you and I to hear and to listen. 
Number four, here's what God allowed Elijah to do. He allowed him to release his burdens. We mentioned last week, verses 10 and 14 are word for word identical. This is the complaint. This is Elijah speaking out to God. What does he say? I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. He says that twice. God was allowing him to release those burdens, release those frustrations to the Lord. Elijah poured out how he was feeling and shared that with God. God knows what we're thinking and feeling anyway. So be honest. Share it. God's not going to be surprised, shocked. God can handle the things that we share with him. We look through the entirety of Scripture, and particularly, again, in, in the book of Psalms, how open and honest and transparent David was in many of these Psalms. We can be open and honest and transparent and say, God, I'm struggling with this area. God, I don't understand this. God, it's frustrating. God, it's discouraging. Why, why, why? Help, help, help. We can share to God. Release those burdens. I mean, Elijah was basically pouring his heart out. He's saying, God, I'm afraid. I'm bitter, angry, lonely, worried, discouraged. That's how I feel, God. And in the midst of all of these things, God was listening, God was helping, and God was step-by-step step enabling him to overcome despair. So talk to God. Share with him how you feel. He already knows. Number five, how do we overcome and, and defeat despair and discouragement? We've got to refocus on the facts. Twice, Elijah's saying all of these things. And he's saying, by the way, God, I'm the only one left. And they're trying, they're trying to snuff me out. They're trying to kill me too. You've got nobody left but me. You ever feel that way? Either I'm the only one, as in I'm the only Christian, or I'm the only one that's facing this. I'm the only one that, that's had to, had to face this, followed by this, followed by this. And, and we have these feelings that we're all by ourselves. Let's refocus on the facts as shared by God. Verse 18. What did God speak to him? Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. Elijah poured his heart out. He released his burdens. But God's now sharing some of the facts. And the facts are, Elijah, I'm in control of each and every situation. The facts are, Elijah, you are not alone. And, and it's not that token, well, I know I'm not alone, God, because you're with me. Sometimes we, we think about that, we remember that, and we're encouraged by that, but at the same time discouraged. Okay, God, I know you're with me. But boy, it sure helped to have someone else here I can see. Maybe you've never thought that. We think that. Okay, God, I know that you're with me, but boy, it sure helped to have someone else at work that knows and loves and serves you. Sure helped to have someone else at the workplace, in my home, at school, in the community. I feel like I'm the only one left, God. And God's saying, here's the facts. 
You're not alone, and it's not just me and my power and my presence. He said, there's 7,000 others who have not bowed down. They're still faithful and committed. You think you're alone? I don't just have one other person to kind of buddy up with, not just two or three or four. I've got 7,000 others faithful to me. In the midst of the situations that we face, we, we get to feeling like this is going on and that's going on. Let's connect to God and say, God, would you show me the facts? Number six, how do we overcome and defeat discouragement and despair? Learn to recognize some new relationships. Verse 16, and and we'll investigate this a little bit more in future weeks. Part of God's instruction was to anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mahola to succeed you as prophet. Remember, he was isolated, discouraged and frustrated and in despair, so fearful of Queen Jezebel, he left, and he left his servant in one place while he went off by himself. He isolated himself. Now he's down in the dumps. And God says, I've got a new relationship. I've got a new friendship. I've got a new connection for you named Elisha. We'll see about that process in future week, but they minister side by side until, well, Elijah didn't die. Spoiler alert, the Lord took Elijah up to heaven. God designed us with this natural need for friendships and connections and relationships. Isn't it encouraging if there's a friend or if there's a family member who knows what you're going through? You face a difficult situation. And there's, there's somebody, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's someone else, and God kind of brings into your life, and they understand that grief that you're facing. They understand that, that physical illness or surgery that you're recovering from. They understand, they understand, they understand. It's encouraging. Be on the lookout for and recognize maybe a new relationship that God would bring into your life. Somebody to be a blessing, somebody to be encouragement, somebody to understand what it is that you're going through. This is what God had brought to Elijah. And then finally, number seven. In the midst of all of these things, God gives Elijah a new assignment. You and I many times can receive a new assignment from the Lord. The Lord says, verse 15, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. And God gives some specific instructions. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Verse 16, also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And, as we also looked at, anoint Elisha to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. He seemed up to this point, as he had run away from Queen Jezebel, he seemed a little bit focused on self. God, I'm the only one left. And it was all about him, and now God's saying, okay, I'm going to help you overcome these uh, the despair and discouragement and disappointments, but I've got a new assignment for you. You're going to be about my business. He's going to anoint kings. He's then going to anoint Elisha to succeed him as prophet. God's saying, listen, Elijah, I've still got work for you to do. 
I still got some things I need you to take care of. There's still a place for you. Maybe you get down. Maybe you get in the dumps. You get discouraged. You get in despair. You say, God, what in the world can I do now? Because of this or because of that, maybe you don't feel that you can contribute towards the work of the Lord. And God's saying, listen, I'm not done with you yet. I've got a new assignment. Connect to me. Get refreshed in me. Allow me to help you in this process. But get ready. Get ready because I've still got more things for you to do for my kingdom, for my honor, and for my glory. Listen this morning. God's got more in store for you. He's not done with you yet. Are you tired? Maybe. Down or discouraged? Maybe. But step by step, God's walking Elijah through this process to say, listen, I've got a new assignment. Get ready. We're going to get moving, Elijah. There's more work to be done. I believe God's saying to each and every one of us, there's still more work to be done. Does it get discouraging at times? Does it get down in the dumps at times? Does it seem as if maybe you're the only one at times? Yes, yes, and yes. God's saying, keep that head up. Listen, I've got plans for you. I've got more in store for you. So Elijah faced a lot. You have discouragement. You have defeat. You, you have the blues or the blahs. Wherever you might be on that spectrum or that cycle of discouragement and despair, however you might verbalize it, chances are good you're there or you've been there or you're going to be there. Much like Elijah. Want to overcome it? I want to learn how to defeat it. Let's follow the prescription that God's given through Elijah. Refresh the physical. Let's take care of our physical bodies. Return to God. Rediscover and connect to his voice. Release our burdens. Allow him to help us refocus on the facts. Recognize new relationships he gives and receive a new assignment from him understanding the fact he's not finished. He's not through. He's got more in store for you.